Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from him today. So please enjoy. I have a scripture. We're going to talk about a very interesting parable of the persistent widow. Okay, now that might not sound too exciting. Okay, watch this. What do we want to talk about widows for? And uh, you might not even know what that is if you're a younger generation, but a widow is, is somebody that has lost their spouse. Uh, a woman that is now single after being married, and, and sometimes they can have needs, they can have challenges in their life because of, of the situation that they're facing. So we're going to take a look at this, but before we get into this parable, the Lord put this verse on my heart that I want to share with you, and we're going to uh, share this, and then we're going to pray. Um, Psalms 25 verses 4 and 5. If you have your Bibles, take a look at that, because I, I believe that this is going to set the stage for what we're about to share in this parable. And uh, Psalms 25, verses 4 and 5, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it reads, Show me the right path. O Lord, point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. How many of you want God to show you the right path for your life so that you can be led into his truth and be taught by him? I believe that it's important in this generation to discern the voices that you are listening to. See, we need a word from God today. Many of you need for God to speak to you. We're living in this frame time, I believe, for a purpose. We're living in days of great deception, so we must be seekers of truth. I believe that's so important. And I'm committed to the biblical narrative, which I believe is relevant for humanity in every generation, including this one. So let's just take a moment and join our faith together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful and thankful for this time of gathering. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the ministry of the Spirit of God to move in the hearts of your people. Father, enlighten and bring to us revelation, knowledge, and understanding that we can be built up and strengthened in you. Father, help us to face and overcome the challenges that are before us through the grace that you provided for us to walk in. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And we declare, Father, that there are hearing ears today, that we will hear words spoken from you to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the persistent widow. This parable is also known as the unjust judge. But really, that's not the focal point of the message, the unjust judge. And so there's three points we're going to bring out in this message, and I'm going to give them to you right at the start, and then we're going to look at them individually. So the three points about this parable, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, persist in prayer. Persist in prayer. That's my challenge for you today. Be consistent 
and determined as you persist in prayer. Point number two is know your rights. Know your rights. The widow woman was fighting for her rights against the adversary in the challenges that she was in the midst of. And so I believe it's so important that we know our rights. Uh, this really is our Bill of Rights. The Bible gives us the rights that we have as a follower of Christ and the promises that we can embrace, stand on, and trust in and believe. And so we need to know our rights. And then number three, never give up. Never give up. Don't quit and don't be a quitter. And so I want to challenge you with that too. So now let's look at this particular parable. We actually find it in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to be reading this from the uh, English Standard Version. So if you find your place there, or you can look up at the screen behind me, and uh, we'll take this up. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now, what's interesting about this, right from the beginning, this is the purpose and the reason for this parable. This was Jesus' objective. And to lose heart also means to become discouraged. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life I become discouraged because of situations and circumstances. Maybe you came into this place today discouraged. Well, I believe that you're going, you are going to be encouraged today through the Word of God and through what God wants to accomplish in your life. So let's read the rest of this. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused but afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. In other words, she's just after him. You got to do this. You got to you know, help me in this. You got to hear me out. You got to you know, challenge my adversary in this. So, so she kept coming to him with her plea with her persistence. Verse 6 goes on to say, And the Lord said, I love that phrase right there, and the Lord said. Because when you see a phrase like that, you better really be intentional on listening to what the Lord is saying. And I want you to hear what the Lord is saying today in your life, because I believe God is going to speak to you. Again, verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Verse 8, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, we see in this parable the persistent widow and the unjust judge are two personalities in this narrative. Well, there are actually four personalities in this narrative. And first, again, we'll, we'll just lay these out for you. The first personality is the unjust judge. This was a prideful and arrogant individual. 
He could care less about others. He didn't have compassion. He was all about himself. He, he really had no regard for others, as we see in this parable. Also, then we see the widow, seemingly poor and powerless, but yet persistent and not willing to give up. Uh, that's quite an important quality. And, and we can only speculate what she may have been dealing with. And some people might even call it a nag, but sometimes we need to be a nag about certain things. But I better prefix that because um, I don't want you running out of here thinking you have the right to be a nag, okay? Um, and then we have the adversary, another personality we see in this narrative. The opposition or crisis the woman was facing she was dealing with an adversary. And we see in 1 Peter 5.8 that uh, we're to be, the scripture exhorts us, I don't have a slide for this verse, but the scripture exhorts us to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the next verse, verse 9 goes on to say, resist him firm in your faith. And so we have an adversary. We have an enemy. And the Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. We see that in Ephesians, or, uh, first, yeah, Ephesians 6.12. We see that there. The final personality we see in this particular uh, parable is God, who is the just judge who's faithful and true to his promises, who's ready to act on our behalf. And so, uh, I don't know about you, but maybe you might, in this message, be able to identify with this widow woman, even though you may not be a widow. But you might be in crisis today. You might be facing a situation or circumstance today that you are trying to deal with, but you can't deal with it in your own strength. You need to reach out to one that can help you. And in this particular uh, narrative, this woman was reaching out to this unjust judge because she knew that he had the authority to help her deal with her crisis. And, and so, but we see there's a contrast here between the unjust judge and the just judge. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we want to talk about uh, persisting in prayer, this, this first point. Luke 18, 1, let's read this. And I want to share this from the Christian Standard Bible. It says, now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. This is the need to always pray and never give up. How many times do we pray about a situation and things don't change, and so we stop praying. We give up. We don't persist in prayer, and so we don't receive the answer. My challenge for you today is don't be one that prays and then just says, oh, I guess God's not going to answer this one. Be persistent in prayer because the answer is on the way. See, Jesus gave us the purpose of this parable right from the start. A commitment to prayer regardless of the opposition. See, you need to be committed to prayer regardless of what you're facing. This is a parable 
on the persistence addressing injustice or opposition. And, and, and I want to talk about this, establishing a devotional life. And a devotional life simply means you start your day or have a time in your day where you spend time in prayer and you spend time reading the Word. And, and you know, it takes discipline to do that. But once you begin to do that, you're going to begin to see the effect and the result of it. It's no different from somebody establishing the discipline of daily exercise, going to work out at the gym or, or studying some uh, routine of, of daily exercise. You know, it takes discipline to start. You don't see the results immediately, but eventually you will if you stick with it, okay? And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate. You need to stick with this persistence in prayer so that you can see the breakthrough and see the victory. Now, let's talk about the word persistence. Persistent definition is preserving, especially in spite, or persevering, I'm, I'm sorry, persevering, especially in spite of opposition in spite of obstacles and even discouragement. You persevere. You just hang in there. How many times do we get discouraged because we don't see what we were believing God for or we don't see the answer when it seems it should have happened and it didn't happen? Persistent is refusing to give up or let go. Persevering um, is insistently repetitive or continuous. It's existing or remaining in the same state for an indefinitely long time. It's enduring. You just hang in there, okay? The American Heritage Dictionary defines it as steadfastness, persistent in any enterprise undertaken in spite of opposition or resistance. Okay, that really kind of sums it up. But let me make this statement. You can write this down if you're taking notes. Persistence pays off. Persistence pays off. Although sometimes you may feel like a nag, and um, I don't know if you have anybody in that like you uh, in your life that you feel like they're a nag. And, and, and Pastor Deb is real good about this. She'll say something, and she can be very, very persistent. But she'll always say, no, I don't want to be a nag, but, right? And uh, how many of you are that way with your spouse? I don't want to be a nag, but, okay? Uh, but we can call that thing persistence, okay? Um, but it's, it's really pressing it until you get the result that you're after, okay? And so Ephesians 6.18, we, we see a complementary passage that correlates with what we see in Luke 18.1. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray with unceasing prayer. This is from, I need to let you know, this is from the, um, go to the Weymouth version of that. Do I have that? Do you have that up? The Weymouth New Testament. Okay, we can, we can do that one too. That one's good. <laughs> the Amplified, yeah, that's good. I had a, there's another one coming up, but it says, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. 
in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. So pray at all times. Pray unceasingly. You might say, how is that possible? I have to work. I have to do all these things. The real issue is that you keep and maintain a connection of communication with the Father God. Because prayer is simply that. It's communion with the Father. It's being connected to Him, talking to Him throughout your day. See, I learned that at Bible school. I was working in this, in this job in a, a factory. We were manufacturing heat exchangers for oil refineries. And so it was a steel factory, and we were doing a lot of stuff. It was noisy, but I talked to God a lot. I prayed to God a lot while I was working, okay? And, and I believe that you can keep the communi communication channels open 20, all, all day long, you know? Stay connected and uh, stay online with him, amen? And um, do we have that in the Weymouth's New, uh, New Testament? There it is. Okay. All right. I was actually going to skip the other one, but that's a, that's a bonus this, mo this morning. So let's read this in the Weymouth translation. Pray with unceasing prayer and entreaty on every fitting occasion in the Spirit, and be always on the alert to seize opportunities for doing so with unwearied persistence and entreaty on behalf, of, on behalf of all God's people. Okay. So you might say, okay, Pastor, that's really a challenging voice. How can I pray all the time for everybody? Uh, but it's, it's praying and being in tune with the heart of God and, and flowing with that. Uh, E.M. Bounds, who's a prolific author on this subject of prayer, he, he wrote a series of books, but uh, he makes this one statement. I want to quote it for you. Prayer honors God acknowledges his being, exalts his power, adores his providence, secures his aid. I believe that's so important. We see another complimentary verse in Luke chapter 10, 9 and 10, and it reads in the New Living Translation, and so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this is true. And you might say, well, I asked, I prayed, and, and God didn't come through. No, if you embrace this truth and take it to the heart, this is true. You will see an answer. If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, you will get an answer. See, the, the real issue here is, is not just praying one time and saying, okay, forget this. Because if you have prayed a prayer and you forget about what you prayed, was that request really that important? But when you keep that prayer request before God in faith, and it's not begging God, it's just keeping that petition before him. And see, there's a prayer that shifts from the request to thanksgiving. See, there's a prayer of thanksgiving where you pray and you thank God for the answer. Lord, I thank you that you're meeting and supplying my need in this situation. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in this relationship to bring 
healing and wholeness. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in the situation at work where you begin to pray the end result where you're thanking God for the answer before it comes. And that's faith. But you keep it before God. And you need to know your rights. Let's look at the second point here. You need to know your rights. And as I said earlier, the Bible is the bill of rights for the Christian, for the believer. God has given us certain rights as his child that we can stand upon, that we can claim. Just as we have rights in our nation as citizens of this uh, country, we have rights as believers. And the devil will try to undermine you to keep you from knowing what your rights are so that you don't act upon them. And so this parable encourages believers to persevere in their faith against all odds. This parable also reveals that God will work, uh, and his work can be done even in the midst of a corrupt world. That even in the midst of injustice, justice may be done, because I believe, and, and one of my prayers is, Lord, let truth and justice prevail in our land, especially when we see so much injustice. We need to pray that God's justice and truth prevail. Because the truth exposes the lie. The truth sets the captive free. Because Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The lie only brings bondage and darkness and despair. But the truth, even though it may hurt, it brings help, it brings healing, it brings hope, and it brings freedom. The truth will set you free. See, we cannot right every wrong in the world in our lifetime. But we must never give up hope. And we must not stop working for the greater good in the midst of the imperfect world that we live in. See, I believe that God can bring about justice in a corrupt world. That's why we pray. And we pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let his kingdom come. Let his reign, let his authority, let his influence begin to reign on this earth. See, Jesus taught his disciples to pray that way. Thy kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, heaven's influence needs to invade earth. And that's, that's what you're for. God will work through you to bring heaven's influence into the workplace, into the community, into the world that we live in. You are an influencer for the kingdom of God. Can you receive that? You need to. Because that's one of your roles as a follower of Christ. Now, the point of this parable is persistence. And that persistence pays off with a corrupt, imperfect human of limited power. That if persistence pays off with this unjust judge, how much more will persistence pay off with the God of the universe? who is all-powerful, perfect, limitless, and just, and holy. So that's really the point and, and that Jesus is bringing. Okay, this woman was persistent with an ungodly, unjust person, and it paid off for her. But God's saying, how much more with me? If you're persistent, persistent in prayer, coming to me with your requests, with your needs. So we see this comparison and contrast Persistence pays off and is effective 
even when seeking justice among the unjust. Now, if the answer of your request in prayer is important to you, then you won't forget about it. You need to stay in faith about it. So we want to talk about the third point, never give up. Never give up. Uh, years ago, we had a guest minister from the Minneapolis area. His name was Jeff Childs. And in the service, he said, Pastor, the Lord has given me a word for you. And this word is one of those words that impacted my life in, in a large way. Uh, the word was never give up, never quit. And then he said, as long as you refuse to quit, the devil will never defeat you. And so in, in that moment, see, you need to understand that I always had the tendency to quit. I was a quitter. There were things I would start and I wouldn't finish. I would start projects and I wouldn't finish it. Um, I started to learn how to play the clarinet. And when I had to learn music notes and do all that, I thought, forget it, I'm quitting. I wanted to play by ear, but I had to learn how to read notes. I said, forget this, I quit. And so I'm not this you know, wonderful clarinet player today. I could have been, but I'm not because I quit, okay? Um, and, and even in playing games, my wife's laughing at me. She, she knows way too much about my life. Anyway, I, if I were losing at a game um, and I knew it doesn't look like I'm going to win, then I would just kind of throw in the towel. I wouldn't try anymore because I was a quitter. And something that God's done in my life, he's brought me from that place of being a quitter to being a contender, to being a little bit more competitive in my faith against opposition. Because we're at war, there's conflicts that we're all dealing with, um, but we have to be postured as those that will not give up, as those that will not quit. Some of you may have come in here this morning and the temptation is for you to quit. Maybe because of discouragement, because of frustration, because of some issue or situation that you've been uh, trying to walk through and you're just saying, forget this. But my encouragement to you today is hang in there. Don't quit. Don't be a quitter. So I don't know if there's anyone out there like I was, like me. The tendency to quit. You know, my wife taught me how to play racquetball. And, um, you know, and being around her has helped me because she's not a quitter. She doesn't give up. I have to tell her myself, we used to play this give game. And I, I took her hand one time and I was squeezing it. And I was saying, okay, honey, give. And she wouldn't give. And I kept squeezing her harder. And it wasn't probably real nice. And all of a sudden I heard her hand crack. And fear came over me and said, oh no, I just broke my wife's hand. This is not good. This is abuse. <laughs> so I went immediately to pray for healing. And uh, fortunately, the Lord healed her. But, uh, <laughs> but she would not give. She would not quit. And so her persistence, her determination has been an inspiration in my life. And I can remember when I made the decision to accept the calling to come here. 
there was something in my heart I knew that I couldn't do, and that was start and quit. Because the pattern of my life was that way. I would start things and I'd quit things. Now, I was usually committed to, to stick with a job. That wasn't an issue, but it was other areas where I had the tendency to just quit, get bored, get frustrated, and just throw in the towel, give up. But So what can we expect if we don't give up or refuse to quit? Because that's my challenge for you today. Don't give up. Make the determination that you will not quit. Refuse to quit. Unless you're sinning, then you better quit that, okay? But I'm talking about this fight of faith, walking with God, uh, believing God for what he has for you. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not give up. See, there's a reaping time coming. There's a harvest time coming of God's blessing, his provision, the answer to our prayer. I believe that there's a cry for justice in the earth today. Uh, Luke 18.8, and we want to talk about this passage because this is how Jesus ends this parable. He says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, we know Jesus is returning to this earth. He's coming. And we know that every day that passes, the return of Christ is drawing even closer. It could very well be in our generation that Jesus returns to this earth. He's coming to establish his kingdom. He's coming to establish his authority to right wrongs and to establish a kingdom of peace that will never end. And so um, the kind of faith that God is looking for when he comes is persistent faith as we see in this widow's life. She's, she's an example of the kind of faith that he's going to show up for, that he's looking for. Will he find faith in the earth? Will he find those that are believing him, persistent with their faith, trusting him for the breakthrough, for the answer? Again, the three points that I want you to remember in this message is persistent prayer. Know your rights and never give up. Luke 21, 19 reads, By your endurance, you will gain your lives by hanging in there. Like the person who's underwater and they're holding their breath. And, and they're tangled in a rope. And they're trying to break free of that rope. But they're holding their breath, they're enduring. And finally, they, when they feel like they have no more strength left to hold their breath, they break free. And they come to the surface and they breathe again. First Timothy 6.12, and, and we want to uh, share this first because this is another word of exhortation for all of us today. It says, fight the good fight of faith. And the good fight is a fight that implies you're going to win, okay? A bad fight implies that you're going to lose, but it says fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I used to be a quitter. 
used to be one that when I knew I was losing, I would just walk away or give up and let the other person, okay, take it away. But that's not who I am anymore. In this game of life, I refuse to quit. And that's my challenge to you this morning. For you to take that position, to take that posture. I refuse to quit. I'm not going to give up. Now as we conclude this service, I'm going to extend an invitation to you. Because when we consider man's justice versus God's justice, I believe it's important that we first seek justice from God. Because the justice that He grants us will impact our eternity. None of us deserve justice because we're all guilty as sinners. Ephesians 2.12 says that without Christ, we were without hope in this world. We had no hope without Him. We were lost and bound for eternal separation from God in eternal death. But God, who is rich in mercy, saved us. In Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24 goes on to say, And are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. See, what God offers today is justification for our sins. Now, you cannot justify yourself. You cannot justify any sin. The moment you justify sin, you'll remove yourself from the possibility of receiving forgiveness for that sin. But the moment you confess and acknowledge your sin, then you can receive the forgiveness that God's extended towards you for that sin, his mercy. I want you just to take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody looking around, nobody moving around right now. If you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. Maybe you're in a place that at one time you walked with God, but you've drifted, and now you feel like the Lord is tugging your heart to come back to Him, to recommit your life to Him. Whether you've accepted Him before or you've never accepted Him, the invitation is for you to get right with God, to receive His mercy, to receive His grace, to receive His forgiveness, to receive the gift of eternal life. But that can only come about when you surrender to Him. The Scripture tells us if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. So there's a belief in God of what He has done for you through His Son, Jesus, as the Savior of the world to redeem you from your lost state. If you're here today and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to receive the Lord's forgiveness. 
I want to commit my life to Jesus as the Lord of my life. I'm ready to surrender and give my life to him. If that's you, just slip up your hand so I can see it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Let's stand up together. And now there were some of you that lifted your hand, and I, I thank you for your honesty. Um, at this time, I'm going to lead you in what we call a believer's prayer. In a believer's prayer, we acknowledge and confess Jesus as Lord. We receive him into our heart so that he can begin to do a work in our life to transform us so that we can be saved from our sins and receive the gift of eternal life. Pray this prayer after me if you would. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Today I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me life. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. There's something I wrote down as a statement of faith for my own personal life. I'm going to share that with you at this time. And it has to do with the fact and the reality of what Jesus has done for us. And so I'm going to speak this over you as a congregation and for those of you that raised your hand for the first time to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Just because of Jesus, I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to fear, anxiety, loneliness, anger, hatred, worthlessness, inferiority, brokenness, depression, temptation, lukewarmness, sickness and disease, or lack, and poverty. I am a child of God because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we become children of God because of what he's done. And we receive that. We receive his freedom. We receive his deliverance and all that he has for us. So I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to have a little time of worship. And then the prayer team is going to be up here. Those of you that raised your hand, those that desire prayer, we're going to uh, make space available for you to receive prayer for whatever you're dealing with. But my challenge to you is for you to be one that will be persistent in prayer. Will you take that challenge? Will you take that challenge? What is the Spirit of God speaking to you through this message? Will you take that to heart? Will you take the posture that I'm not going to quit? I'm not going to give up. There's too much at stake for you to quit right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for those that have tuned in online. And Father, I pray that you would encourage every heart, Father, that is facing challenges that have brought them to a place of discouragement. Father, I pray that you would give us a greater revelation 
on what it means to persist, on what it means to be committed to prayer and stand in faith and trust you and not give up. And Father, I thank you that we can make our requests known, that we can approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, thank you as we approach you You are meeting us to bring justice, to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring answered prayer. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.